our, uh, in our series on the Sermon on the Mount called Mountain Retreat, which Nathan has been, has been doing, uh, and he's going to finish it again next weekend. I'm going to mess up the order significantly and preach the last sermon on the Sermon on the Mount before he has to go back next week, just because I like doing that sort of stuff. And one of the things we... I want to talk about foundations and why they matter. And one of the things we've become, we become aware of over the school holidays is that... It, our kids love being founded, being connected to this thing called the internet. Um, so their screens are getting to work out. And we, we decided over, over school holidays that the best thing we can do is, is install limits on each of our you know, Wi-Fi sort of settings. And our kids are really happy with that. Anyway, that's between you and me. I had to, I had to laugh this week, though, when our family in Victoria decided to do this. It was on the news. Um, they were going to do a day trip out of the city and they invited their three kids, come join us, it'll be great, we'll go to the show, we'll go to the beach, it'll be awesome. And the kids are like, no, no, we want, we want to stay home on our screens and just you know, do this sort of stuff. So the family decided to take their, the most undervalued and, un, and overworked and underappreciated person in their family for a holiday. They took their modem. I think there's a photo up, the, up there on the, on the screen. So effectively what they did is they took their modem... They left the kids at home, and the modem went to the show. The modem went on the, yeah, in the car. There's another photo there. That the, the modem even had a can of Coke and a kebab for lunch, believe, believe it or not. So it was, it was awesome. The, you know, the parents had a great time. The kids, I'm not sure what they did. I can only... I, I actually just, I read that, and I thought, I wonder if they had the wisdom to take the TV remote controls and all that, the causes were... I don't know. Isn't it interesting? Isn't it cool? All the, stuff you, all the stuff in the world you can have your foundation in. All the stuff in the world that you can find to... That, that thing that calls you home. The thing that keeps you safe. The, the, the kids had this strong foundation, they thought, until their parents decided to take it for a holiday. It wasn't as strong as they thought. Just in case anyone's, anyone missed, missed that, the modem's the bit that actually makes the internet work. Okay? Everyone, everyone Okay? I just figured that out myself too. I'm not very good with chords and stuff. I had to get my, oh, my, oh, right. So here's what I think happens in the Sermon on the Mount. When, when, when Jesus, Jesus, who is fully God and fully man, stands up and basically turns every preconceived human idea on its head. Everything that these people have believed and thought up until now, Jesus says, I'm going to up the ante. You've heard it said this, I'm telling you this, which is a very... He, he ups the ante on every aspect of life, everything from marriage to work to religion to sexuality to conflict to how to, do, to deal with others, how to deal with your money, how to deal with your possessions, how to, how to do every aspect of life. He changes everything. And John Wesley's take on the Sermon on the Mount, interestingly, is that it's God's blueprint for human flourishing. God's blueprint for human flourishing in that is in those couple of ideas. God's input in, relation to, in relationship with God, he's reforming everything we've done to be the way that he wants it to be. And um, it's interesting that at the very end of this, Jesus gets to the end and he narrows it all down to one question. All down to a choice. He basically says, you can either found your life on me and my, and my word and my promises 
and it'll never it'll be stable it'll be clear it'll be it'll be this direction it will be structured it'll never it'll it'll never move it will just be there or you can found your life on whatever the whatever the culture maybe maybe says that is a good thing and that might work for you that that might work for your life but it won't work when the next storm comes essentially is what he's trying to say Here's the, here's the little passage from, from 20, verse 24 of chapter 7. It simply says this. Anyone who listens to my teaching, notice this, and follows it is wise. Like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish. Like a person who builds a house on sand, when the rains come, when the floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. We, we live in a world that likes choices, right? Like we, we, we love to have like a, bit of, a bit of a smorgasbord of options. We like to have a little bit of that and a little bit of that we don't like that so much, so we'll give that one a miss. We'll basically almost like, sort of like design whatever works for us. And Jesus cuts through all, this, all the stuff and basically gives us two options. <laughs> if you read the context of the passage, he's not talking about options. He's talking about a simple choice. One, one choice. Will Jesus be the foundation of your life, which will always be there, or will he not? I think the point of the, the point of the whole thing is that is that a stable foundation makes all the difference. A stable foundation that you can always come, the place you can always come home to, the place you can always be, is the place that you need. That's that, that's how you found. That's how life works. The place you always come back to, the place you, you, you build everything else on. So point one is this, the strength of the foundation is all important. Now in the, in the content, now Jesus is, is at, the, at the top of a mountain, sitting, standing, I'm not, I'm not sure what he, I, re, I reckon after sitting down for a couple of hours and talking through all this stuff, I reckon he probably stands up and says, right, this is where the rubber hits the road, folks. I reckon, I reckon he's standing about now. But the people, who are, the people who are there are hearing his, they're understanding, his audience are understanding his language because down below them is the Sea of Galilee. And what used to happen, it's a very, very shallow body of water. What happens is that when it rains, it's great. But when it's dry, all that sand and all that dirt that has been, that has been you know, there gets compacted, it's nice and stable... And people there are not that different to people here. We still like our water views, right? I'd love to have a house on the water. So these guys, these, these people did as well. So what a good builder would do is they would, it, it didn't matter on the location, they would, they would go and find the block of land, they would dig down about half a metre or a metre and find the bedrock and build your house on that. Okay? And it would never move. Versus some dodgy builder, I'm not talking about it, I don't know any dodgy builders, but do, some dodgy builder who would just do the whole, 
this looks pretty good, and we'll just build it here on whatever here. That's, that's the point he's trying to make. So the people are like, oh, I get what you're saying. It's, can I just be the, the bearer of bad news? The verse says, when the rain comes. It, when the storm comes. When the wind beats against the house. Life is not a question of whether the storm comes. It's a question of when. It's very early in the year. All of us have had a bit of a holiday. We're all feeling okay. Life's, life's starting to get back into the rhythm of, of what it is. It's going okay. The problem is that this year for you may be the one where God gives you breakthrough. It may be the one where God does incredible things in your life and it's, pros- and it's prosperous and it's good and it's doing all the right things. But it may be the year also that everything goes to bad news, right? It could, maybe, it's in, maybe it's in the middle somewhere. The point of the foundation of the, of the story is that we always need to be investing and growing and keeping the strength. The, the strength of the foundation is all important. The strength of the foundation is the one thing that we need to be working on, that we need to be, be proactive about to keep it stable. Because if it's not stable, then life isn't going to make necessarily a lot of sense. Life's going to have those times where, where something happens and, and everything goes wrong. But working on the foundation is, is all important. Nathan mentioned to me, to me this week, if, you, if you're going to go camping, it's okay to enjoy it and to make the most of it and to, and to relax and enjoy all the stuff you do for camping. But you've got to keep religiously checking those ropes to make sure the tent's going to stand up. You keep, you keep working on the things that bring structure and stability to your life. You, you be proactive about reducing the amount of things that get left around that could be used as missiles in a storm, right? You, start, you, you always keep an eye on the weather forecast once in, once in a while. You, you're having a good time, but your stability's always right. And I guess the question is, when the storm comes, that strong foundation is all important. And if we're not working on it and keeping it strong then we're going to have trouble. I reckon there's, I reckon there's two points to this, and I can probably go off on, on a bit of a tangent here, but just to suffice to say, the strength of your foundation is, comes in two things. One is your keeping working on growing that foundation. The other one, I think, is to keep on surrendering control of what might happen tomorrow to the God who isn't worried about tomorrow. Our God is not concerned by what might happen tomorrow. Everyone all right? Here's why it matters. Point two. Foundations are the things that get exposed in storms. In uh, 2013, a week after Ryan was born, which is, uh, which is seven years today, we... Um, Bill Wheeler had one. Of, we, we, it hadn't rained for rained for about two and a half years, uh, and down she come. I learned that it takes about two hundred and thirty mils over the couple of a of a couple of days to take it from drought to flood. Essentially, uh, really be really happy to have that happen again <laughs> right now. But when the Calli Dam overflows, all the all the communities down the road and you know, for the next 30, 40, 50 kilometres out 
are the ones that go underwater because everything's so flat out there. Uh, one of my mates has a second house and it's always been about 50 metres from the creek. Now, this is, a, this is a bit of an ordinary photo, but at the height of the storm, what happened is the creek came to him. Um, so the sheer amount of water meant that the, the house is, what the house is founded on is what's exposed. What the house finds its foundation on is the thing that people can see. The thing, the thing that supports your life when you go through trouble will be the thing that you can... All you can do is hold on to. There might be some times where that's all you can do. And if your foundation is based upon your ability or your investment portfolio, or your appearance, or your job, or your any other number of things, your, your family, and you lose it, then your house is a bit of a, your house is like a bit of, a little bit of a house of cards thing happening. Okay? There will, be, there will be times in the Christian life where life is difficult where life is hard, where there's difficult, choices to, difficult and unpopular choices to be made. But there'll also be times where you've just, just got to hang on. That's all you can do. Hang on. But church, our foundation is not going to move. That's the good, that's the good news about foundations. You know, my, regardless of how it appears here, my, my life is not always founded the way it should be, right? I've got to tell you that the, the best thing about knowing your foundation, this week I, I ran into 2 Timothy 2. If you've got a pen and a bit of paper, or you, you, you're writing your diary, your notebook, or whatever you do, 2 Timothy 2, chapter 2, verse 13. I think it simply says, if we are unfaithful, he remains faithful for he cannot deny who he is. You know those, that, those words sometimes when God just lobs a little bit of a hand grenade into your mind and it just goes off? That's one of those moments I had this week. When the foundation wasn't right and I went searching for it, there it was. That little reminder, for that, that, that one verse for me, meant that everything that I might be working on or might be thinking about or might be hoping for, if it's based on me, it can go like this. If it's based on him, he cannot... It's in his nature to be faithful. It's in his nature to be faithful. He, the, the strongest foundation you can imagine... That's, that was so good this week. I love that little verse. It just made my week. Third point. Foundations provide charitable activities. Did anybody just have a bit of a train derailment in their mind? I've just been talking about foundations, but look at this definition of foundations in Wikipedia. A foundation is a not-for-profit organisation... That or trust that provides charitable services, including funding and support to other organisations and persons. Some of you just had that little moment in your head where you're like, where is he going? So did Nathan, it's, it's all right. Here's, here's the point. 
People whose lives are founded on Jesus are people whose lives are naturally outward looking. They're always founded and they naturally live out that foundation of what they know to the people around them. And here's why I say that. Verse 24, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it. See, Jesus is trying to make a point to his audience here that you can listen to what I say all you like. You can listen to all the good things that 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 I talk about till the cows come home. But it might not make any sense. It might, it'll never matter until you do it. It'll never actually make sense until you put into practice what you say you believe. Okay? Remember, Jesus has just finished this massive sermon on almost every aspect of life. But here's the, here's the point where people vote with their feet. They've got to get up and put into practice what Jesus says is the plan for human flourishing. They've they've got to go out. You must go and do with me as the foundation what you say that you put your heart into. And can I just give you some some warning? This this year as a church, we're going to be talking a lot about practical stuff. We're talking a lot about practical things that we can do as the church for each other to love each other, to love our community, to be committed to the church, to, to, to find your place to contribute, to doing a lot of sort of stuff. It's all about being Jesus' hands and feet. And that's what Jesus is trying to talk about here. He's saying, you can, you can listen to what I say all you like, but if you never do it, it's just some more information. And... Can I show you that sometimes how faith goes wrong? I can't help but notice the reaction of these people at the end of this life-changing... At the end of God's... At the end of God's best outline of what human flourishing looks like. Verse 28. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed. Now... That's okay. People could see that Jesus was different. They'd already seen him do miracles. They, they knew that he had something about him that was just life-altering. He was different from everybody else they'd ever heard. He was somehow just this, we've never seen anybody like this guy. The tragedy for many of them is that they were entertained... And they were amazed. Maybe that's as far as it got. The problem with amazement is that it doesn't mean commitment. You can have all the knowledge you like and all the familiarity with Jesus all you like and all the, I love his power. I love the way he just turns up and changes the situation. I love all this stuff about him, but it never actually amounts to anything. That's, that's, that's a very real scenario. And the step after listening to Jesus and the beyond knowing about Jesus is a step of commitment and faith and action. I think that's, I think that's the point. Um, there, was a, there was a pastor in 1949 called Martin Thornton back in the UK who essentially predicted that in the, in the future there would be three different types of Christians. 
Three different types of maybe Christian commitment levels, if, if I can put it that way. And 70 years later, maybe, maybe he wasn't too far wrong. So this is his idea of, Christian, of what maybe Christian commitment would look like. So imagine a, imagine a football stadium like um, this, this is the home field for the San Francisco 49ers who are having a playoff game tomorrow, and that was last week when it comes. So if you're thinking about a stadium, what, what, what happens is that you've got people who are maybe outside of the stadium who can hear the, the crowd roar. They can hear the game going on. They can hear the, they can hear the things that are going on and, and, they, and they're loving the sound of it, but that's all it is to them. They're actually too busy playing the game outside of the stadium. They're playing the game in the, maybe, maybe in the world. They're committed to the world outside of the game rather than inside the stadium. He said that there was a second group maybe committed to be, committed to be watching, committed to maybe those people in our world who, who are happy uh, on, you know, on social media or whatever else to voice their opinion or to cheer the team on when they're doing the right thing or when they're tackling an issue that they like or that they're sort of, you know, they're, they're, they're doing the bit that they, you know, we, we like this bit, so we're going to, yeah, you're doing the right thing. But I'm also human, right? Ryan and I watch Friday Night Football. We, we ride every bump, and when the, when the ball goes the wrong way and the team's not scoring and things are not going right, we're the first ones to go, what are you doing? They're, just, they're, just, they're essentially committed as far as they can watch it. And the third group are the people who are on the field. On the field, committed, in the game. And you know, people who are in the fight, getting bumps and bruises week in, week out, but their foundation is strong because that's all they've got. That's all they've got. And they're desperate for people who will come and join them. And I guess the, I guess the point... The, the danger with being amazed... The danger with being amazed when it come, or entertained is it will not help you when that storm comes. It just won't help you when that storm arrives. The danger with having a foundation that maybe crumbles under, under pressure a bit is that we settle for good feelings or good appearances with a very, very low level of commitment. When I don't think that's, that's what Jesus had in mind for us. I don't think that's what Jesus had in mind for people who would follow him. Here's what I think he had in mind for us. Back in Matthew 4, verse 18. One day as Jesus was walking along the shore of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon and Peter, sorry, Simon also called Peter, and Andrew throwing a net into the water. For they fished for a living. Jesus called out to them, Come follow me and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and followed him. A little further up the shore, he saw two other brothers, James and John, sitting in a boat with their father Zebedee, mending their, repairing their nets. He came to them, called to them too. They immediately followed him, leaving the boat and their father behind. This is remarkable. Everything that, they, everything that these guys know about their stability and their foundation up until now is found in their family or in their occupation. This is all these guys know. That, that is their life. 
That is their existence. That is all they've got. And Jesus says, come and follow me. Watch what I do. Do what I do. And they get up, say nothing, and leave everything. Does that blow your mind like it blows mine? Find your foundation in me and get on the field, I think is what Jesus is trying to say there. Grow your commitment. Grow your... You know, make a difference for my kingdom. Make a, make a genuine difference for, for me. Make a genuine difference for my church. Go, I would go as far as to say that maybe even the people who are playing the field, the people who are committed, only the people who understand commitment understand the strength of their foundation. I reckon that's the, I reckon that's the point of what we're trying to say. Jesus is, Jesus is inviting all of us, all of us, to simply come Follow me. It is simple to say and profoundly difficult to do. I love these words from a guy called Edward Moat. Edward Moat was a, was, a, uh, was a cabinet maker. He was a nobody. He's, he, he wasn't known for anything amazing. He read this passage one day in Matthew 7 and he was, he was walking to work and these couple of these words kept coming into his mind. And he went and, and he prayed over them and he went and talked to, um, I, think, I think, one of his friend's wives who was in bed terminally ill at the time. They talked about him. And he went home and he wrote them all down. And Edward Moat wrote the only hymn that he will ever write. <laughs> the only hymn that he ever wrote in his life. And these were the words... My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly trust in Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. Profound words. Absolutely profound. As we finish today, I simply, simply just want to make it, make this one, ask you guys a, a question. We have a bit, of a bit of a chance, almost at the start of the year today, in, the, in this little moment, to almost do a building inspection on, a, on our lives. To almost look at those foundations and, and say, are they where they should be? Are they, we ask ourselves, are they getting work when we need them to, when we need them to get work? Or are they the foundations that are not going to stand the next storm? They're not going to make sense when the next trouble comes. So this, this is simply the moment for us to, to ask whether Jesus is that foundation and whether we are committed to him or we're, or we're not. And I, I, I suppose in some, in some level to consider what you can do this year to develop that foundation better. Let's pray. I'll ask the team to come forward, please. Can we pray for the foundations of your church this year? We pray for the, the people in this church. God, for each one of us, that we would know the strength 
and the, the courage and the foundation that is available in Jesus Christ. And we pray that this church would be founded upon Jesus and that it would continue to grow, that it would continue to know strength, that it would continue to know that great foundation that it needs. God, I pray for those people this morning, maybe who are, um, who are going through storms, people who are going through those troubles when Jesus is the only security they'll know. And God, in those moments today, would you, would you give them strength to continue? Would you give them your spirit? Would you give them peace? Would you give them comfort? Would you help us to find rest in the God who promised us rest? God, I just... Um, while their eyes are closed... I just want to pray, maybe you're that person this morning who is simply asking, it's time to ask, you say, you want to say to Jesus, come, I'm ready to follow you. That's Jesus' invitation, come follow me. God, I pray that you might help that person this morning to find that security and that foundation that they need. Lord, I ask that today those people, maybe whose foundations are not that's strong. Would you help us and move us and show us to put you first, to learn what it is to rely on you? Lord, we ask that your Holy Spirit would come and work and move amongst us. Would you convict us of that, of that need that we have to be founded on the things that matter? God, we're in awe of all you've done. We're in awe of all you are. We love the God. We love you, Jesus. We love all you've done. But we also acknowledge that sometimes it's easy to be amazed rather than committed. And God, so we just pray this morning that we would turn that little switch from being enthralled on some spiritual level to actually willing to follow you, to be committed to you which is what you want us to do. We pray for those foundations that they would be strong. In Jesus' name, amen.